Hey everyone, this is Premium Sports Talk. I am your host, Josh Garrison. I'm really excited about the guests that we have on our show today. Mike Yam works for the Pac-12 Network. He's going to help us dive into the NCAA tournament. We're going to look at some Pac-12 teams and how far they'll go. We're going to take a little bit. Uh, is Duke the favorite now that Zion's back? We're also going to dive a little bit into the NCAA football, the season coming up with our spring games that are right around the corner. Mike, thank you so much for coming on the show. How are you doing today, man? I'm doing great, man. Really appreciate you having me on. And it's the uh, it's the best time of the year because we obviously have March Madness, which I think everyone, even if you're not really a diehard sports fan, you're still paying attention to it. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. So real quick, Mike, before we kind of dive into the questions, uh, we'd love to kind of hear your background story and how you got uh, to where you are with broadcasting uh, for the Pac-12 Network. Yeah, for sure. I, um, you know, I graduated Fordham University in New York and spent a lot of time doing radio. And uh, after I graduated, I was able to get a job at Sirius Radio. I was doing an all-sports show, an NBA show for them. And then um, an opportunity came up to, to do some stuff at NBA TV. I was a huge basketball fan. I was able to work there for a couple of years. And then another opportunity came up at ESPN to do TV full-time. And I uh, spent four years uh, up at ESPN. I did everything Sports Center to NBA shows, to college hoop shows, college football shows. And then um, I was looking to make a move. Pac-12 Network was launching, and seven years ago, I came out here for an audition, was able to grab the job, and it has been truly a, uh, a special place to be just because you know, it's college athletics and to dive in on the West Coast. I had never lived on the West Coast, and uh, getting acclimated to a lot of our schools and universities, it's, it's a really, really cool opportunity, and it's been amazing. Wow. So it sounds like you've had quite the incredible career so far, absolutely, absolutely crushing it on the Pac-12 Network. So let's dive right in, man, to the NCAA tournament. You got three teams representing the Pac-12, Arizona State, Oregon, Washington. Out of those three teams, who do you see making the furthest run out of those teams? Well, you know, I think all three teams are situated fairly well. I, I sort of wish Washington um, had maybe a little bit of a better draw. I think Utah State's a really tough opponent that they're going to have to play. but And if they move on... Getting North Carolina is never, never easy sledding. Right. But to be honest with you, I think Oregon's draw is the best one. I think right now they're playing some of the best basketball we've seen from them all season long. It's an eight-game winning streak for them. What they're doing defensively and just during this time, I mean, they're allowing opponents just 54 points per game. And by the way, those numbers are skewed because it was more like 51. They gave up in the 70s to ASU in the semifinals of the Pac-12 tournament, and that was an overtime game. So really defensively, they've just been an absolute juggernaut. I think Wisconsin's a tough opponent, but I think there's a couple advantages that they have. One, momentum. Um, two, the fact that they're in San Jose. There is a huge Oregon fan base in the Bay Area that oh, yeah. is going to feel as much of a home game as it could possibly feel when it's a neutral site court. I think that helps them tremendously. Um, I think there's some concerns at least the bottom half of that draw. You know, if they if they're able to take out a Wisconsin team to get Kansas State um, potentially, or even the Anteaters, uh, you know, that UC Irvine squad. Like, I think those are winnable games for them. So, to me, I think there's a golden opportunity for Dane Altman's team to get to a Sweet 16. And, you know, I love Bobby Hurley's roster, um, but, you know, obviously it, it, there needs to be um, 
you're playing in a first four game rematch of not really a rematch, but doing the same thing that you did last year in Dayton. Like I, to me, to make a further run, they, they're playing an extra game right now. So of the three teams that are dancing, I would give an advantage to Oregon at this point. I couldn't agree with you more. And this is what I love about March Madness is because with with college football, we kind of know. Okay, we kind of know Alabama's going to be up there, and as of you know the last few years, Clemson and a few other teams, Ohio State. You kind of know the noise they're going to make. But with March Madness, it's literally a toss-up of you could have this game plan and think, oh, this is how it's going to go, and then it goes completely the opposite way. And that's what I that's what I love about it. That's, of course, I think every basketball fan loves about March Madness. It literally is just madness because we don't know what's going to happen. Uh, Mike, that's great insight on the Pac-12 those teams. I agree with you. I think Oregon will, out of all the teams, uh, those three teams will make the furthest run Speaking of continuing into the NCAA tournament, we know now the heavy favorites are the Duke Blue Devils, Zion Williamson. We saw what he did in the ACC tournament. Virtually unstoppable. It was really incredible. How far do you think Duke will go, and what does Zion's presence do for the Blue Devils? He's he's a monster. I mean, they're clearly the best team in the entire country when he's healthy. We've seen it. Their roster is loaded. There's a reason why they're the the overall number one seed. You know, to me, you know, if I'm filling out a bracket, I'm, you know, I hate to go with the chalk because we just said the best thing about March Madness is the madness part and the unpredictability of of teams that potentially can make a run. You know, Duke right now, I, I look at the teams that they have to play and, Granted, you know, Michigan State's in, in that bracket, and there's a Maryland team that's there. I think I, I'm not buying necessarily LSU making a big run. A lot of it has to do with some of the controversies they're, they're up against. But uh, to me, Duke right now is the favorite. If I was picking the team, that, that to me is, is sort of safe money. Um, the other team, I, I don't know where you stand on this, but you know, I've watched you know, Tennessee and, and Virginia, and I wish to God they weren't in that South region together because – Tennessee, those two teams, what they do on the defensive end, and I love to skew with teams, especially in college basketball. The teams, you know, it's kind of that age-old question. Do you want, you know, shot makers or great defenses? And I think there's something to be said for having great shot makers, but to me, to make a far run and a deep run in the NCAA tournament, you know, you're going to have to eat checks and dudes, no doubt, but to be able to make a deep run, like, I'm always going to bank on the defenses that can create problems for offenses. Like, I just think there's going to be lottery picks that we're going to watch in the NCAA tournament, and they're ultra-talented, and there's a reason why they're next-level players. College basketball, not every team's got those. So, to me, what's the best way and recipe to make the deepest run and to have, you know, a really great defense. And those two teams, in my mind, from what I've seen, have two of the better defenses in the entire country. So I have them actually matching up against each other in the Elite Eight. I'm going to give a slight advantage to Tony Bennett's squad just based off of the fact of, uh, you know, the success they've had this season, Tennessee, what happened in the SEC tournament. I like Virginia, um, but once again, it's hard to pick anyone other than Duke. Right. Once once again, I couldn't agree with you more. And to see what Tennessee's done this season, you know, I'm a I'm a Georgia Bulldog fan at heart. Obviously, uh, I'm not used to cheering for them in the March Madness because we usually don't make it. But um, SEC football, you know, we'll just keep losing to Alabama until we figured it out. But anyway, so uh, to see what Tennessee's done this year, as much as I hate to say it, it has been very impressive. Uh, I couldn't agree with you more. Defense towards the end in this tournament is going to be vital. Uh, but going back to Zion Williamson, 
one more question on him because watching, really studying, and I was watching that Duke North Carolina ACC semifinal game, and he literally I, just took it over at the end. Like no one was out rebounding him. He was having his way at the basket. Have we seen anyone with this kind of talent in college basketball? Like when's the last time we've seen this kind of talent in college basketball? You know, it's it's a question actually in Patrol Network we kind of throw out there pretty frequently because we've seen the highlights all year. We've seen these spectacular dogs. It's he's a rare form because we've seen great scorers. I mean, that's not anything new in college basketball. We've seen dominant players. I mean, Greg Oden, for example, was a dominant player when when he was playing college hoops. You know, we've seen those types of guys. I think the thing that makes Zion so special is. It's the scoring ability. It's what he's doing on defense. It's his build. Like his his skill set is so freakishly different because there's so many great things that he can do on the floor at an elite level. And the only comp, and I'm not saying that Zion's going to become LeBron James. I'm not saying that at all. Right. But if LeBron James played college basketball, like to me, that's Zion Williams. You know, like that's oh yeah. I mean, LeBron has made his money on being so physically gifted, looking different than everyone else, and having a skill set that's really unique for his size. I mean, that's that's Zion right now. So, you know, it's it would be like if, if LeBron was playing in the NCAA tournament when, when he was obviously, you know, at that age and being a college player, like, you'd probably pick LeBron's team. And coincidentally, it probably, you know, and if it was Kobe, you'd probably say the same thing. Although Kobe, I think, would skew more towards just special score, right? Um, right. You know, and, and, and I'm not suggesting... J.J. Redick or Adam Morrison or Jimmer Forget, you know, obviously Kobe, long-term career, it's not even close to compare those guys. But if you go back to, you know, the college years that those three players were were at their respective schools, like they took over college basketball because of their ability to score. And I think Kobe would have done the same thing. But the, the point is, Zion is, is unique and special a talent as we've ever seen in college games. At 100% agree with you there. I can't, it's going to be great for the NBA next season because all eyes are going to be on this kid and their ratings are going to be through the roof. It's going to be a special time uh, in the NBA. So before we segue into football, is it safe to say you're picking the Duke Blue Devils to win the tourney? Yeah, I mean, I just think, you know, Duke right now, it's hard because, you know, you've, you've touched on it and I've talked about it too. The madness, anything can happen. I just, I don't see anyone uh, in, the East bracket that I would feel comfortable picking over Duke. Like, I just don't see it. And on the flip side, I mean, if you said to me, like, pick your final four teams, and I haven't, I haven't actually filled out the brackets yet, but I'd have probably Duke, Nevada, Virginia, and, and Houston probably would be the team that I would, would point to. I mean, Gonzaga right now, you know, I think that's going to be a tough matchup against Murray State. Um, I think that's, you know, if, if they make it that far. I think Gonzaga's path to get to a Final Four is really difficult. And Nevada, I've seen enough this season where I just think, you know, they, they got some dudes on that team. I think Musselman has done a terrific job bringing, you know, some transfer guys and some size and they have the experience that's there. So to me, Nevada right now in that West region, and I just kind of expect chaos in, in the Midwest. Like I think Auburn, you know, is a team that, that can really create some noise. And I don't, I think North Carolina might have some problems with them. Um, you know, Kentucky obviously is there and they're a blue blood, but we've seen some up and down moments from them this season. Houston to me has been, 
a really fun team to watch. So for me, if I was filling it out, I think I'd go with kind of that fun factor um, and, you know, just picking the team that maybe not everyone would have there. So at least on the uh, on my bracket, I'd probably have them about anything in that final four. Well, the tourney will start soon enough, and we'll see the madness unfold. Man, I cannot wait. So let's kind of end our segment here. Let's talk about some NCAA football spring games coming up. I want to kind of talk about Washington. Jacob Eason, we're making the start there. Do you think, I know it might sound a silly question, but do you think maybe off the right off the gate, can Washington with Eason, you know, we saw, you know, with him being a former Bulldog, I saw his potential, made some incredible throws. And of course, we know what happened, gets injured. Uh, Jake Fromm comes in, rest is history. But can Jacob Eason make Washington playoff contenders? And then after you kind of dive into that a little bit, who do you think outside of the typical Clemson, uh, Alabama, Ohio State, who do you think kind of some sleeper picks for the college football playoffs coming up? So I, I feel like you're more of an expert on Eason than I am based off of uh, you know who you've been watching the last couple <laughs> years. But, you know, to me, I, look, I, I think Eason, we've been saying this for a couple of years. You know, Jake Browning a couple of years ago was six in the Heisman vote, right? And – um, you know, he's been that team starting quarterback. You bring in Ethan Jake Hayner is a guy that we saw flashes of. You know, I think you could have made the argument that Chris Peterson's quarterback room was as good as any quarterback room in the entire country. I mean, that's they got some studs that are there right now, and I think Ethan is a game changer. Now, I think he's really different than Jake Browning. You know, there were times when you watch Jake and you go, damn, I just kind of wish there was a little bit more oomph behind some of these throws. It's funny because I don't think I'm the only one. I've been reading some draft profile stuff recently, and Browning has really worked on his ability to strengthen his arm. And it comes down to some mechanics, but to get more velocity on on some of his throws. Like I think Ethan comes in already as a better, stronger arm than what we've seen the last couple of years from Jake Browning. Like the recruiting class that Chris Peterson is bringing in, they have studs. Like, defensively, that's the identity of this team. You know, and you know this, Josh. Like, everyone wants to talk about offense because it's sexy and it's the thing that scores points, and everyone wants to gravitate towards that. But a couple of years ago, when, when UW got to the college football playoff, um, you know, I was down there in Atlanta for that game, and, you know, they match up against an Alabama squad. The difference between Alabama and, and Washington at that time was, was really depth. Like, I, I felt like the starters, especially in the trenches, like, yeah, sure, there's probably an advantage to Alabama, but I didn't think it was overwhelming. Where the overwhelming nature of the advantage for Nick Saban's squad comes down to depth because, you know, while you can shuffle in, you know, one dude or two dudes on that Washington team, it just seemed like a wave of no drop-off in terms of starter and reserve in the trenches. And to me, that was the difference. And I think the job that, that Coach B has done the last couple of years is bring in and try to add to that depth. But defensively, they're as good as anyone. Last few years, they continue to turn out more and more first, second, and third round picks, especially in that secondary. I think this season is no different. I think Taylor Rapp is potentially, you know, fringe, um, you know, first round guy, not to mention Byron Murphy, another player. Like, they have dudes on that team. So, absolutely. I think Washington is once again going to be fighting for a college football playoff this year. And, you know, you ask for a sleeper, like not for nothing, but the way the Pac-12 is situated right now, you'd have Washington, you have Oregon, who, by the way, has got a top five class in the country. And, oh, by the way, you want to talk about Easton? The best quarterback right now returning in the country, the entire country, is Justin Herbert at Oregon. Oh, wow. The thing that made him special last year to me was – you know, and really the last couple of years is his ability, like his acumen and, and the pros that he's making are just, they're so different. 
The problem was they didn't necessarily have a bunch of playmakers on the outside for what, what Crystal Ball has done with this class, they got four wide receivers that are coming in that are, are instant impact guys. So right now, this roster, and I, we haven't seen them on a college football field yet, but based off of you know the experts that I've talked to around the game, they'll all tell you that this group of freshmen is already better collectively than anything that Herbert has had the last couple of years. So to me, there's as dangerous a team as you're going to find. But the Pac-12 North right now, between UW, Oregon, Stanford, who is consistently one of the best teams in the country under David Shaw. And I wouldn't count out Washington State. I mean, I think you could have made an argument last year, and, and they lost the Apple Cup to UW at the end of the season, which sunk their chances. But the job Mike Leach has done there, I, I mean, especially the Gardner Minshew story was one of the coolest things that we've seen um, in a really long time. This is the guy that was going to go to Alabama as a grad transfer and finish his career. I mean, he was going to basically be a coach on Nick Saban's staff. The story goes, and I don't know if you know the story, but Josh, Mike Leach calls him and says, how would you like to leave the country in passing? And the kid says no to Nick Saban in Alabama, ends up at Washington State, and thrust himself into a Heisman conversation. And hell, I mean, this is a guy who was at the combine. Like, we could see him on an NFL roster. It's That was an awesome story. But I think the North right now is loaded. I think Justin Wilcox with defensive Cal, like, it is going to be the most competitive division in college football, at least in my mind. The South has some room to grow right now. I, I think Utah's in that mix. Um you know, SC's got the talent with Clay Helton. Who knows what Chip Kelly's going to do with that UCLA ball club. Herm Edwards has his team on the rise, and I think a lot of people are pretty high on Kevin Sumlin uh, and his ability to turn around Arizona. The point is, top to bottom, the collective coaches in this league is, are as good as anyone. But if you said to me, the cream of the crop, the two teams that will be battling for a college football playoff, it'll be Oregon and Washington, in my mind, at least from the West Coast. Wow. Mike, March Madness hasn't even happened. You got me excited about college football, man. I can't wait. I can't wait. I'll tell you this. If, if if Georgia and Washington play in the college football playoff, lunch is on me, man. I'll make it happen. I'll tell you that. Uh, I, I, I love it, man. That'd be, that'd be a hell of fun. <laughs> Mike, we can't thank you enough for coming on the show today. Uh, st- stick around real quick. want to thank you again to all our listeners out there. Once again, this is Mike Yam. He's on the Pac-12 Network bringing us some expertise on the March Madness that is about to unfold. I cannot wait. And some NCAA football. Spring is coming up. Spring games, man. Spring is in the air, which means football is almost in the air. We can't wait. Mike, thank you so much for coming on. We appreciate your time. For everyone listening, this is Premium Sports Talk. Until next time.